Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and to empower people, especially adults, to own their voices and talents that come in so many different forms. This space was created to talk to people with all different kinds of jobs, hobbies, and interests, and to have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. How do you define creativity? How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to speak to so many. I've spoken to musicians, comedians, doctor, lawyer, wrestlers, Reiki masters, and entrepreneurs as young as 13. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as that magic spark, how we show up in our life, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be, do, or have. So I believe from my heart that sharing these stories gives one the ability to expand their thinking, open themselves up for more self-expression, to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. So my inspiring guest for today is, is Brandy Knight. Brandy is the esoteric exorcist. She is an emotional health specialist, accountability coach, Kundalini yoga scientist, international best-selling and award-winning author, and fierce alpha female mama bear. Her mission in this life is to support those who have experienced trauma and or abuse and are not getting that now my life has meaning and my heart is wild and free to experience from traditional psychotherapy and psychiatry. Brandy, welcome to the space. Hello, hello. You did it. We did it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me here. Oh my gosh. I am so excited to have this conversation. And those people that are here with us live, we so appreciate you being here. Any questions or comments that you have, please feel free to put them in the chat box below and you can be part of the conversation. So Brandy, I read the tiniest bit about you. Could you please, whatever you want to share before we dive in, tell people a little bit more about who you are? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I am a number of things and the biggest of them all is just real, just real. When I, when I bring myself to my sessions, it's me. It's the same me that I bring to my life. And I'm really focused on this emotional health piece with myself and my clients, because, you know, if you look around, you know, the planet today, what we're seeing is temper tantrums. Because people mm-hmm. are in a state of arrested development in regards to their uh, emotional um, health. So that's kind of my main jam uh, is where I'm focused on how, how do people uh, advance in their emotional development and how do they bring in some real deal um, you know, accountability and unapologetic living. So I bring a lot of alchemy in, uh, into, the, into my work. Um, and alchemy is just a, another way of kind of describing physics, really science. So we're bringing some brass tacks into my session and, and that's really who I am. I walk the talk. When, if I have a client that I'm serving 
they're doing the same homework that I'm doing for myself. So uh, I would say, if anything, I'm kind of an embodied teacher where I, I do this stuff with you. Mm. Yeah, you're completely authentic. It's no bullshit. It's yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Let's. This has worked for me. This is. I'm listening to you. Let's work through this together. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this is going to be great conversation. Okay, this is going to be so much fun. But first, we're going to start with a would you rather question before we dive in. So you ready, Miss Brandy? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, here we go. So would you rather have a... Now, you can be creative with this answer. I'm just going to (laughs) say because this is a creativity podcast. So here we go. (laughs) Would you rather have a pause or rewind button for your life? pause okay why i know enough now about the evolution of souls and why we choose lives and the missions that we're here to fulfill that i can learn absolutely anything from whatever circumstance so previously, you know, before I started doing all this work, you know, I, I might've had a, a situation where I'm like, fuck, <laughs> rewind. <laughs> but now I have the perspective of like, okay, what do I learn? How can I take accountability and accountability to me looks like, okay, what that shit happened. How can I learn? What is, what golden nugget is there for me? Cause I called it in. So I prefer the pause. So maybe I could take a deep breath and reorganize my frequency so I have a little bit more command over what I call in next. But in regards to going back in time, um, time travel's tricky. It's a tricky business. So I choose pause. Oh my gosh. Do you hear this, ladies and gentlemen? This is <laughs> this is why it's going to be such a deep and fun conversation. Because even what you just said in there with Accountability, these are the words that jumped out to me. Accountability, deep breath, and command. Yeah. Because it is, it's totally being in a different headspace where, I don't know, it almost feels like panicky Mm -hmm. when you're like, okay, rewind, rewind, Mm -hmm. fix it, fix it. There's like this whole different energy that's attached to it. It's, it's, and then here in the, in the context that you especially set it in with was pause. It's like, okay. I'm not panicking here. We're just kind of regrouping a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's totally pull out the tools. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can I get five more minutes? <laughs> and then we'll continue. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So people listening, if you can relate, tell us what you would do. Would you pause or would you rewind on your life? So we'd yes. love to hear what you think. So, okay. So we'll dive into the first official, official question, which is, yes. how do you define creativity? God. <laughs> Generate, organize, deliver, destroy. It's the essence of create. It's, it is life. There's nothing that's not creative. We are here. The planet exists. It's all creative life force energy. So I define it as like definitely more than let me sculpt. And I love sculpting. I sculpt and I paint all the time. So that is uh, that is an expression of creative life force energy. But the ultimate uh, creativity is is fucking God. And I know I don't go to religion because that's your you know, that's like to each their own. That's not my jam. 
but I do go into the essence of what that that sound code is, which is generate, organize, deliver, destroy in the uh, particular Kundalini yogic lineage that I'm a part of. And so it's it's literally everything. What was the what was the last thing you said, which was destroy those three things? What was generate? That? So the generate. G is generate. Mm -hmm. The O organize. And then the D could be deliver or destroy. And so that destroy looks like the shedding of the old, right? When we're working with like, you know, beliefs or behaviors that's no longer serving, or really you can even just look at like the, the progression life cycle of a flower. Mm. Anything in nature has a die, has a, has a kind of with a Phoenix kind of bursts into flames. And then the new, the new is born from the ashes. So it's the life cycle is the destruction part. Is It's just an organic part of the life cycle of creation. So did you say that this relates to the Kundalini yoga that you do? Yes. So I, I'm a big old yogic nerd. I do it professionally <laughs> and personally like all day long. And so there, you know, just to kind of nerd out a little harder uh, as far as Kundalini yoga goes, um, there's, you could kind of... Uh, in, in a crude way, I'll explain it. There is the lineage that's more kind of attached to uh, like the Hindu side of things. And then there's the lineage that might be more known uh, to be attached to kind of like the Sikh mm -hmm. side of things, so to speak. Um, mm -hmm. I've studied both uh, in depth and my heart is mostly attached to, I would say the Sikh lineage. Guru okay. Nanak lineage. And so the, the, there's a lot of work that we do around um, the G-O-D. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but it's not really taking things into a religious aspect. It's literally like, you know, going into the molecular structures of what creation is and what happens when it's happening. Mm -hmm. And how we bring it to the table and we have the power to, to create. Whew. Okay, we're going to get deep with this one. I mean, no big deal. Time travel, the G-O-D. The <laughs> time travel, no big deal. <laughs> so I guess since you mentioned that, do you time travel? I mean, we all do. We're all time traveling. And how we know that we're time traveling, anytime you're thinking, you know, of that rewind, what could have happened, what did happen, anytime we're thinking of something that previously took place, that's time travel. Anything we focus on long enough becomes. And so when we are thinking about anything or focused on something in the past long enough, we become a physiological match to whatever gets stirred up from that memory or from that time travel in the past. And the same thing can happen in the future. And time travel, travel can be wonderful, especially for, you know, when you're wanting to manifest something where you kind of like, a, we do this a lot in neuro-linguistic uh, programming where you're, you know, you, you take a snapshot in the future of, you know, what you want, your desire, and then you kind of go into the essence of it and get the sensory system involved. And then you bring it into the here and now. Mm-hmm because you're focused on it in a particular way where you become a physiological and energetic match to, to that future kind of snapshot. But time is, you know, time is a funny thing when we're talking about that as far as time travel goes, because uh, I am of the mind where timelines are happening all at the same time, that there isn't 
I think there's change. And I think that as humans, we needed an organizational system to help wrap our brains around change. And so we've created time. But I think I really truly feel from all my experiences and all my studies that um, it's timelessness is what we're dealing with here. Hmm. Hmm. I love this. I'm just processing. You can't see my face. That's the thing with the audio. (laughs) So that noise. (laughs) I'm like, hmm. Yeah, this is, ah, it's, it's just so deep on so many levels. So, and again, listeners, I want to welcome you. Um, anybody who's just joined on any thoughts or comments or questions you have, please put them in the chat box. So talk to us about what has, tell us a little bit more about how you've gotten to this point about your journey. So what I titled this was exploring life, having meaning after trauma and abuse. We obviously can mention that since there's a reason why that was put there, but but tell us about your, tell us about your journey and yeah. Yeah. I would love to, I love, you know, I love sharing. I didn't love sharing for quite a while. And that was part of kind of like a byproduct of, you know, some traumatic stuff. Um, but I was, I was, I was born. <laughs> <laughs> On this date, da, 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 I was born. <laughs> Uh, well I was I was plopped onto the planet with some some gifts here and um the jury just like can hear that sorry it's like plopped onto this planet I just plopped on through the portal um and actually so so you real talk like you know when I was a when I was an infant I um experienced a near-death I had a near-death experience um I came very close to to lights out and so the jury's out because I don't remember it uh, in regards to like, okay, did I arrive with the gifts or did something kind of open up during that particular time? How um, old were so you? either way, it started from a very, you know, very early age where I was, you know, um, communicating telepathically, seeing things here, you know, just the psychic mediumship was off the charts. And I um, tried extremely hard, you know, once, once, uh, you know, I became a teenager to really numb it out because I had experienced so much like, wow, she's different and how, you know, just really doing my best to fit in, which wasn't working Mm -hmm. because I was hearing things and seeing things and, you know, all that stuff that, uh, unfolds when you are ultra sensitive. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I put some time in partying and, you know, boozing and numbing out and avoiding. Um, and that lasted for years, just years. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, you know, my body started to break down. And it was right yeah. during the time when the, the golden age or the Aquarian age, I think started in uh, around 2000. Don't quote me on this. I might be getting it wrong. I think it was about 2012 was kind of like the cusp, like right when we started to begin the rounding of the bend from the Piscean era into the Aquarian age. And that's where uh, at the time I didn't really know what was going on, but it was just unignorable. My, my emotional health was just at an all time low. And, um, and that's when I, you know, it was like literally just spending hours on just, uh, incapacitated. Um, 
And then that led me into naturopathic medicine, which led me into uh, something called theta healing. And from there, um, I was a healing arts client and then started studying and became a healing arts uh, practitioner Mm -hmm. because I started to see the direct relationship between my own health uh, being very dependent on how I use my expression. Um, And then from there, you know, the direct relationship between my emotional expression and my creativity. You know, when I'm not, when I'm hoarding my emotions and stifling everything, I I can hardly move or focus Mm. or anything like that. Right. And then when I started to um, let the shit out full force, Mm -hmm. it was just, it was a complete, I mean, there's the generate, organize, deliver, destroy, right. It was a complete rebirth. I was in, I was a, I even looked different. I looked different. Mm, I had this. Wait, I'm sorry. I want to stop for a minute because I want to. I love how you just pointed out that hoarding emotion, that making that connection, that hoarding emotion stops expression. I think that's just a very important point to uh, to highlight and have people hear a few times because I put it in terms of when you're repressing, you're not expressing. But yeah, I like that. I, but I love hoarding your emotions because we do that, humans. Yes. <laughs> like we do that. And we either, I don't know, you know, can, we can belittle things. We can do it for various reasons of, well, we don't want to show who the, we really are because what are people going to think? And all these blah, 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 all these versions of why we don't show it. But it does nothing of any value but make you feel like crap. And hide yourself. Like you're not expressing, you're not even allowing yourself time to be who you are. I mean, it's, I, that's one of the reasons why, uh, you know, I was coined the esoteric exorcist. Once you, uh, when you're hoarding those emotions, right. it, It creates a specific frequency in the body. That's extremely low vibration. And law of attraction works uh, in mysterious ways, including physically and non-physical. And you actually, um, you're inviting, uh, you know, hoarding an emotion is, is its own form of possession because mm. typically emotions get triggered by an outside source and how you're focused. And so then you kind of, so for example, you know, let's say one day I cut my, you know, a couple of years ago, I cut my hair super short and one person said they didn't like it. And then you know, the ball starts rolling and next, you know, the next thing I know, I look terrible with short hair. Everyone hates it. Right. But it was one person. It's like, eh. right. Right. It's like we become possessed. Right. It's like I've taken this yeah. one person's kind of like whatever opinion and, and let allowed myself to be possessed by it. And like, it's mine, but it's not. So that's kind of yeah. a, a, kind of a simpler way to, to put it. Um, but you, you know, it really takes like, you know, you can't, you can't exercise your emotions out. You can't breathe your emotions out. And a lot of people, this is, I get a lot of, <laughs> I get a lot of <laughs> shit for saying stuff like this. I'm not saying that breath work and exercise is important. I mean, it's stuff that I, these are services that I provide, right? Um, but if you're hoarding emotions, the only way to transmute and get those out is by literally letting yourself feel them and get them out. Thank you. That's it. That's it. That's it. Thank you. Yes. Okay. You can't, you can't, you can't walk it out. (laughs) Thank 
thank you because it makes me nuts when it, it's like almost dismissive when people are like, well, you just have to kind of think of the positive thing. It's like, oh my God. No, yes, I am. I, I understand. I fucking, I get it. I get it. Think of the positive. That's my end goal, but I need to feel it. I need to yeah. feel it. I need to express it. I need to say what I'm saying. Just let me get it out yeah. and then we can move on. Well, I, um, you know, one of the, one of the other <laughs> feathers I like to ruffle is um, I'm not a big fan of affirmations because I think most of them are bullshit. And I think mm -hmm. people are lying to themselves when they say it and they're trying to convince them, themselves of something that they're not, which ultimately uh, just destroys their own trust that they have with themselves. So mm -hmm. like, for example, um, I, oh, I'm, I'm love, I'm bliss, I'm this, that, and the other fucking thing. And if you're saying that and you don't believe it, you're just lying to yourself. So an affirmation that I would give to myself or a client would be like, I, I really want to get to a place where I feel that. Or I'd like to get to the place where maybe one day I believe that. Or it could even be like, you know what? Today I feel like shit, but I'm open for something different tomorrow. That's mm -hmm. truth, right? And you're gonna you're gonna get so much farther <laughs> by being mm -hmm. honest with yourself and letting yourself just feel where you are. Mm -hmm. Then um, you know, just think of the fucking positives. Like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, ladies and gentlemen, obviously, if you have an aversion to cursing, this is not the podcast for you. <laughs> I'm not for you. <laughs> this isn't for you. So we're just saying, we're just, yeah. Um yeah. So, so powerful. Okay. So continue if you remember where you were and what you were saying. Um, Before I, interrupted you. I don't think it, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> matter. We'll do, let's just go from here and now. Uh, so, you know, when, when I, we'll talk about, let's talk about emo, that emotional expression piece in regards to the hoarding. And mm -hmm. it's so it's a, it is a hoard. It's a hostage situation and you really experience it when you start to um, unpack the, the hoarded house. So let's say you're at the front door and happiness and clarity is in the back kitchen. Well, you, but the only point of entry is the front door. Well, you have to unpack that motherfucker. But what mm -hmm. happens is oftentimes, like, you know, have you ever had, okay, uh, I'm going to move this box. I might move a box at the bottom, which then sends an anvil avalanche of all the crap on top cascading down. Yeah. So when you're doing an emotional release exercise, when you're doing this work that I'm bringing to the table with emotional health is uh, you're going to experience this situation where you've unlocked the door and all the, all the hoarded emotions see the light at the end of the tunnel. And it bum rushes your throat, your heart and your throat chakra, right? Which is the front door of the house. It's like, get me out of here. I see the light. Get me out of here. And if you're not used to, uh, you know, expressing yourself, crying, screaming, whatever, um, people, people think it's anxiety because they're, they're feeling uh, uh, activation in their, their throat chakra and their heart, their higher heart chakra. So they, it's a very frenetic energy in those spaces. So they think it's anxiety. They call it a panic attack or anxiety. And uh, 10 times out of 10, I'm telling you, if you let yourself just scream and cry, you're going to completely transform your experience when you get all that out. And then you'll, then you really learn to like self heal. Like, Oh my God, I just, I just calmed myself down in a real way without like suppressing more shit. So a word that I just heard and that was allow. Mm -hmm. 
So when we allow it, that's where the trans transformation occurs. We can't blame anybody else for the circumstances. Yes, life happens. Yes, circumstances happen. Yes, all of this, not belittling that, not take, taking that away, but we need to, we need to take responsibility. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. This brings up something about ba uh, boundaries and I don't do boundaries. And this is another ruffle, feather I ruffle with a lot of people. Um, you know, if you're, if you're like in a space of danger, like if you're actively in danger, you need a boundary. Okay. But most mm -hmm. of us that have experienced trauma and abuse, once we've set that boundary and we had that first uh, experience of that boundary creating safety for us, we, that's where our arrest, that's where our emotional development kind of becomes arrested, where it's like, well, now I need a boundary. I just need to set a fucking boundary to set a boundary with this person and that person in this circumstance and that circumstance. Um, so if you don't uh, continue kind of the road, the road onward with uh, your emotional health, you kind of get stuck in this. Um, you're doing something I don't like and you need to change so I feel safe which is kind of where we are on a, on the planet as a whole. And mm -hmm. it's um, a very stunted way of living life. And what I love what you were saying around, it's like, dude, we got to take accountability because guess what? You chose this life, whether you remember it or not, which means that you chose all the shit that came along with it in order to learn and grow. And the only way you're going to really maximize your experience and contribute to your soul's evolution is to take accountability and really learn from everything that happened. So yeah, that thing was shitty, but what can I learn? I, it's not going to be in your space unless you called it in. And I'm not talking about you're consciously calling it in, but there's a vibrational frequency that calls it in. And so when you're vibrating the, like, I'm not safe, I need a boundary. I'm not safe, I need a boundary as opposed to raising a standard. Hmm. I switch my boundaries for standards. My standards for relationships across the board are open communication, people taking accountability, humor, creativity, and anything that, and anyone that's a match to those standards are welcome into my space. And anyone who's not, that's okay, that's okay doesn't mean that they're going to stay in my space because I understand what standards are, but mm. you know, I don't make a person change because I'm going to feel better about it. I like that distinction because it's not what you're saying from what I'm understanding. is not just like, Oh, willy nilly, like, you know, Oh, you know, no boundaries, whatever you're setting standards. This is what I want in my life. This is, yes. this is kind of an expectation and this works for you. Great. This works. This is like that we're on the frequency. This is working great. This doesn't. Okay. Exactly. Doesn't. Exactly. Mm. Whew. Okay. So when did, so tell us, were you always in, so here you were, you went back to when you were a kid. First, I had a question on the near death, death experience. How old were you? Uh, I believe I was told I was about six months. Okay. Okay. So as you were, you know, getting older and whatever became more aware, you didn't know that this obviously wasn't something that other people didn't have. You were hearing things, seeing things. Then you started to realize that other people didn't, you tried to fit in, you were numbing out. 
what yeah. kind of, where were you in like the job world with things? Um, what so was your, um, what was your first job? My first job, I was a hairstylist. That was my first career. So I did hair and, um, my, and so this is a, a golden juicy nugget here. So I was a hairstylist for a world famous strip club. So I was styling hair for dancers. I was traveling with them for events and shoots and, um, all kinds of stuff. So, um, in no, at no point did I ever live what would be considered a typical life experience. Uh, and I'm You're so always grateful. non-traditional, always non-traditional. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so thankful for that life. <laughs> so thankful. It's been so exciting and entertaining, but yeah, I was at a, I was working at a strip club for about 15 years. And at the end of that time there, um, I, uh, you know, kind of all the while, not all the while, but I'd say maybe midway through that time is when I really started to get into the healing arts work. And it's kind of where I started to cut my teeth in regards to holding space for other people in a healthy capacity, which was wild because it was a very intense energy where I was working with a lot of, um, you know, the adult entertainment is a wild energetic mm. space to be in. Yeah, um, sure. But that's when I started cutting my teeth. And towards the end, the last couple of years I was there, I was one of the main managers at the club. Um, I met the, my, the father of my child was working there. We met, we um, had a baby. We had our, <laughs> we had our, uh, the dancers threw us a, a surprise baby shower at the strip club. My whole family showed up and, you know, it's, <laughs> So, uh, you know, work-wise, work-wise, I was always an entrepreneur, always. Was I organized? No. Was I a mess? Yes. Was it amazing? Yeah, totally. I mean, I wouldn't have changed any of it. Um, but I was highly addicted to, you know, alcohol and, and weed, right? Like I was just like numb out, numb, 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 numb. Uh, <laughs> Until my body was like, okay, bye. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, it's not working anymore. This not doesn't so feel good. Mm -mm. Yeah. Uh, but it really okay. did. It quieted the voices for a while, but, you know, not, not that long. So let's actually touch on that, and then we're going to kind of veer into the next question. Um so you were with this whole psychic ability and, and mediumship and everything like you were, you're not just saying that you were hearing things like you were literally hearing things. Yeah. So, you, and, you know, and seeing things. Yeah. Yes. And the abilities come through differently for, you know, everyone. I mean, everyone has, uh, you know, sensory acuity. Right. And then there's those of us that have like a little extra bit. Yeah. So seeing things, hearing things, knowing things, hearing people's thoughts. Um, and of course, if you go into traditional uh, Western medicine approaches, they slap all kinds of labels on you and give you all kinds of medication. Um, and that just wasn't a match. And I, I actually, for a period of time, I went to college and I studied psychology and then I quickly dropped out because I, it was for obvious reasons, for me anyways, it um, just wasn't a match and didn't celebrate all that um, human beings can be. Hmm. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I, it got, in a, it sucked for a long time. And, and now I've been able to create a, 
a business and a practice where I can help others by utilizing these gifts in combination with all the modalities that I've studied. And I think it's important for people to recognize that, um, you know, I can say our daughter, <clears throat> my mom picked up on it earlier. Uh, she's like, there's so much, she has a lot of anxiety. When she was younger, certain behaviors would be happening where it was just a lot of anxiety coming out. She would seem like she was confident and she'd be confrontational, but it stemmed from anxiety. But where that really stemmed from was these mediumship abilities that she has, which we had found out just a few years ago. So yeah, it's very yeah. common. You know, I guess all the Claire's, you know, Claire yeah. audience, Claire, Claire visual, all those kind of Claire's and the, all the senses that people see here and feel um, energies. It's real. It is more talked about than it ever was. Yeah. But there's still a lot of people who are not aware of it. And um, once she be, once she had this knowing of her and her abilities, it was almost like a weight was lifted off of her. She didn't feel crazy. Oh, you know what? It's that uh, that that warms my heart. That I would say my my all time favorite type of people to work with are. Um, you know, the, the 18, the 19 year olds that are really on that cusp of like, what in the actual fuck's going on? And then waking up to like the, these gorgeous gifts and having a reorganization of their, you know, the, in a reframe of their, their life and, and how they can participate and show up. And, um, it's, I, I love that you brought this up. I have not really, I've only mentioned this to one other person, but I'm really, I might as well mention it here. I'm really considering. <laughs> Yay. Really you've heard it on creative conversations, everybody. <laughs> the secret's out. <laughs> I'm really considering. I want, I would love to do a case study around people that have had, um, a diagnosis of dissociative identity disorder and have them in the, the, you know, the healing hands, so to speak of healing arts practitioners in developing um, what is, I believe uh, a mediumship ability. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be really, really cool to see. Um, yeah. I think it'd be very enlightening. I really, that would be so beautiful. I, I'm just thinking, and then we'll move on. My, uh, my daughter, so she's, when you said you love working with 18, 19, she's 19 years old. Um, when we realized this about her, she was, when it started to come to light, it was more when she was 17 or so. Yeah. Um, but she'd come running into our room in the middle of the night and she would just lay next to me. And I'm like, you know, I would just lift up the cover and just, she'd climb in and, I was like, what'd you see? She's like, oh, damn it. Something touched my foot. Or, you know, she saw some, she saw movement in the room or she heard something whisper in her ear. Uh, and then all of a sudden she's like, oh, just walk through by your bathroom. I'm like, well, God damn it. Now it's in our room. <laughs> and it's like, would you settle? Would you settle in a room? <laughs> I'm sorry it was in your room, but just stay there. If you're going to stay somewhere, don't come in here. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's intense. It's it, it it's can be intense. so intense. And you know, if, if someone's listening to this now or in the future and you're having an experience like this, just know that um there are like hardcore tools that you can 
have on board that can make life enjoyable and less scary and more manageable and um and act as kind of like these uh you know you can I don't want to say like weapons by any stretch but for example I you know I sleep with mantra on I have mantra playing all the time and it's specific mantra that creates a certain frequency which means that the space inside of me and outside of me and around me is going to be vibrating at a, a specific capacity which means because of law of attraction and that standard that I've created only a like frequency is going to be invited so even if I'm you know me or my daughter are participating and witnessing and experiencing things that maybe others aren't um, I I have a deep knowing that it's all beneficial yeah yeah wow oh my god these nuggets so this is why people are going to have to connect with you um Yes. Okay, so yes. second second question, which is, and then I want you to kind of tell us when the yoga kind of entered your life more, but um, okay. so how how do you incorporate more creativity into your own life? I am so lucky that I chose to have the baby girl that I did. So I, I do a thing called unschool with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And... If you don't know what unschool is, I highly recommend looking into it if you are someone who wants to homeschool. Um, unschool is life is school. And we go on adventures all the time. And we are doing art projects all the time together. And at first it was like, okay, well, this is, this is school. And then it's just like, oh, okay, this is our life. We go on adventures. We're going to, we're going to sculpt. We go on adventures. We're going to paint. So, um, I've always been very artistic, but I've kind of let it fall to the side here and there, depending on, you know, what was going on in my life, which was a a weird choice on my part. Um, and so currently right now, as we speak, I, I sculpt every single day with my daughter, we're painting and we're drawing every single day. And it's not just to support her school. It's for me to sculpt and for me to paint and draw. And it's amazing. It feels so good. Mm-hmm. What are you, um, so you're sculpting with clay mm-hmm. or something else? A Sculpey. We're actually using Sculpey so then we can like bake it and it's super easy. I know it is, right? I love Sculpey. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something for people to, I kind of want to just put this little insert in here is whatever you're doing in your life, whether it's visual or art is it's expression. So if you're using, if you, if we're saying sculpting in this point, do what makes you feel easy. I say, challenge yourself at times, get dirty, all of these kind of things. But if it's going to challenge you so much that you're going to shut down, then that does, that's not serving. So you know what I did the other day? Do things that are a little uncomfortable, but yeah, go ahead. I I totally interrupted you. It just, I forgot you just, you just reminded me. For years, I said I didn't bake, and I didn't bake for years. Two days ago, I baked a loaf of bread from scratch, mm-hmm. which was a huge yeah. accomplishment after years of saying, I don't do that. Yes. So it can be as simple as like, I don't, I don't paint, I don't sculpt, or I don't, I don't go in nature. It's like, yeah, you do. It could yeah. literally just be a switch like that. Like, yeah, you do. 
And so I, I, yeah. I had, I flipped the switch. So that, that, I love that you brought that up because I was like, oh my God, I made, I made a loaf, I baked a loaf of bread. <laughs> and that was, that was, it was amazing. And it was so, it was just so fun. So new. It was something new. Mm, I love so the new. new. Yes. Don't you yes. love new? And, Don't you like doing new shit? I love doing new shit, but then there's also the component of something that may not be new, but it's been a long time. Ooh, so it yes. feels new again. So I love that. you're coming at it with kind of a different lens. You're coming at it with a different experience. And I just want to stress again and again, and again, it's not about perfection. It's not about something having to have a, a, a product. The product can be the experience. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to save whatever it is. You can, it's kind of, I guess I challenge you to go for a walk and not take a picture. Like don't take your camera out and think I have to get a close up or do a video or take a selfie. Like actually be, have the experience of it. And that's the takeaway from it. I can, can we just pause for a moment? Because this is such a deep lesson. Yeah. The product is the experience. Yeah. Holy shit. In a day and age where certification, this certification, that, you know, whatever, whatever, right? Diploma, this diploma, that degree, this degree, that. Yeah. The Aquarian age is the experience. It's not yeah. the, the end product. It's not the, it's not the certification. It's not no. the title. It's the experience. It's an experiential uh, age. I love, I'm going to, I'm taking that. Can I take that? Can I say that a couple of times? <laughs> <laughs> Please. And it's oh, actually God, interesting. It's so good. It's actually interesting because today I kind of came up. So our daughter is the 19 year old. She's in Bali. So she's in Bali and Thailand for five weeks. And wow. this is an experience that she completely visualized. And it's kind of like, well, she's only 19. Well, since she's about 12, she's been talking about traveling. So she's like, I am going to travel. I am going to travel. I want to travel. I want to do all these things. So she manifested in a sense, you know, she had a goal. Um, she didn't know when it was going to happen, but she was working, saving up money, the opportunity presented. And she's there with a friend. Um, and she, they met two people that they know over there in Bali. So anyway, so she's there and she's not doing the regular college route. She's working and, um, traveling and doing these things and doing internships when she gets back and all that kind of stuff. And she's just been saying, this is what works for her. And my son has kind of done similar things too. Uh, she's just like, I, I can't even imagine myself. I'm so grateful that I'm doing this. But today she messaged and said, I'm homesick. I'm feeling a little homesick. And <clears throat> of course, as a parent, I want to make it better. Mm -hmm. And she's 27 hours away, <laughs> you know, by plane. Mm -hmm. So I said, do you want to jump on the phone? There's 12 hours difference. And it was like midnight there. And she said, no, I don't want to hear your voice. It'll make it worse. Aww. So, um, you know, it's just making, again, it's like this fix it, this thing of having to fix. I'm like trying to make suggestions and I'm kind of like, Hollis, leave it alone. I know what this is like. Just say you love her and 
Yeah. Kind of leave it alone. I just said, you know, put on a romantic comedy because that's what we'd always do together. Um, but it, yeah, it's, that, I mean, it's that yeah. fix it mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, as a parent, it's just like good luck with that. Right. It's, you know, I don't I don't know if we'll ever really get rid of that. Like, you know, that's my baby. How You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But it's like I think we can also shift, you know, if there if there's maybe a an opening to like, hey, you know, what else could I do here? You know, I mean, it feels like your daughter is jumping a timeline here where she's, you know, that, that timeline between childhood and um, we'll just call it independence versus independence um, mm. can suck sometimes, right? It's hard. It, it, there's a lot involved. Uh, but uh, some left nostril breathing, left nostril breathing, you just block off your, your right nostril and inhale and exhale through your left nostril. That will soothe your nervous system and, and create a, an immense amount of grounding in your system. So when you're, you know, if, if let's say it happens again, I would just be so curious how maybe some like a minute, a minute to three minutes of left nostril breathing can just really bring you, bring you on back. Oh, I appreciate that. And that's a great, yeah. it's these, it's these real tools um, that you can apply to your life. And the reason why I brought that up was because when we were just talking about here, these things of developing and creating and things feeling good and it's happening and you're in the process, but at times it doesn't always feel good. So that's mm -hmm. why I brought it up was at times we kind of stop and we're like, Ooh, I don't, you know, I'm in my emotions right now, but feel it, express it. And tomorrow she's going and she's, going to two islands that she's staying in for two days, which are going to be incredibly beautiful. I <laughs> so, know, like, oh, darn, really? She's doing that? <laughs> That's I'm sorry, terrible. sweets. <laughs> then you'll come back to New Jersey and be like, sorry. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> okay. But tell, tell us about yoga yeah. and how that entered your life. Totally. Um, it, it entered a few different ways, um, and at a few different times that never quite stuck until the more recent, which was a couple years ago. Um, and I got a deeper introduction into Kundalini yoga and Kundalini yoga is really, um, it's very, it's a, it's an energetic focus more than anything like, you know, a physical focus or a flexibility focus. It's, it's, um, considered a, a 10 body experience which, which is a bigger conversation but really mm -hmm. it has to do with um i would say uh a manipulation of time and space in a way where you rise above time and space mm -hmm. and can create your life experience with tools that have been used since ancient times that have previously been hidden and are now out in more, uh, I would say more accessible as a self-initiation practice. Hmm. So previously yoga, uh, specifically Kundalini yoga and some of these more esoteric teachings were hidden because they're so powerful. Um, and you had to be kind of like initiated into a practice by, you know, a teacher. And mm -hmm. now moving into the Aquarian age, which is essentially where I got in, when I got introduced to Kundalini yoga, it's a self-initiation process. Uh, so you can have these tools, um, which will on one hand can act like, um, a medication, so to speak, because you are 
shifting the chemistry of your body. And we, and so that's kind of like a very similar way instead of we're in, instead of ingesting something that's foreign to us, we're just shifting our own chemistry around to work for us. So let's say if I'm having, if I got like shot, my nervous system shot, then I'm going to do the, the nervous system overhaul set. So with a series of movements and breath and maybe some mantra, I'm going to create, um, a full nervous system healing for myself without necessarily needing to ingest anything that's not mine. And so that's what, you know, that's what really kind of, what kind of called me in and and kind of got me hooked because I've always been drawn to more of like these esoteric teachings and being someone who was born with, you know, these extra abilities, so to speak, it gave me so many tools to lay such a solid foundation so I can remain grounded in in my body and on the planet while I am providing services or you know getting messages here there and everywhere I can still do those things without necessarily being laid out so a strengthening to the nervous system is something that I needed which was um which is a huge benefit to me to be able to find kundalini yoga at the time that I did to heal the nervous system and to remain resilient. Um, but really it's alchemy. We're working with alchemy. We're working with science here. It's, it's applied, applied experiential alchemy. Mm. And I like what you said that you've done yoga. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. Please go. My fault. No, no, no. We just, this is the thing, everybody, with audio. We can't see each other. I um, can't see your face. <laughs> I can't see you. But yoga, I like how you brought up the fact, too, that you did it before, but when you found Kundalini, there it was different. Like, that's where it really clicked. That's where it clicked. And, um, and uh, my teacher, Guru Jagat, was, you know, that's what kind of kept me coming back, right? Was uh, I was experiencing the teachings through her experience. So whenever you have a teacher, you're experiencing the information and the teachings that, and they're going to be filtered through their own personal experience, which is why having an embodied guide and anything is so important. So it's not just a regurgitation of something old, but it's an updated here and now experience that you can kind of lean into and soak mm-hmm. up and then you know for me then my my students and my clients they they get an experience of the teachings through the filter that i process the information through it's called the golden mm-hmm. chain and so guru jagat was just a phenomenal teacher i i um just honor all the time that i was able to spend with her you know mm-hmm. lover or hater she was a fucking badass and that's that's why i stuck with her and i and i still will to this day um you know she made her transition off a of planet and when that happened so many of us were like okay the time is now to really kind of step it up in a leadership position and so ever since um ever since her transition in in uh this past august um i've really been like nose to the grindstone uh, showing up in, in some bigger leadership ways. And so that, you know, we're kind of do I'm kind of kind of going in some wild directions here, but it really all, it all comes back to me finding Kundalini yoga. Mm-hmm. So before, of course we could go on forever and ever, and we're getting to the top of the hour, but before I ask my last question, 
I want to ask, I've been asking all my people lately, and I'm curious what your answer is. Do you have any kind of a, <clears throat> a morning routine? Oh, hell yes. Morning routines. If you're anybody on the planet, you need a morning routine. This is gold. I am very strict about a morning routine, actually. I'm so glad you asked. So I wake up about 4, 3.45, 4 a.m., and I do some recitations of mantra. And so anywhere, you know, if I'm really going hard, I'll like maybe stick around for two and a half hours, which is kind of like the, all right, okay. That's <laughs> wow. a lot. <laughs> um, but so, but typically if I'm honest these days, I'm, I'm, I'll do like a half hour. I'll do like, you okay. know, 31 minutes of mantra chanting at like you know, that, that uh, sunrise um, ambrosial, you know, the witching hour, so to speak. And then um, every morning I meet with a beautiful crew that I've been a part of for a number of years now called the Aquarian Women's Leadership Society, AWLS. That was um, uh, a baby of Guru Jagat's. And so we meet every single day, seven days a week at 730 and we bust out about an hour and a half of yoga every day. Wow. So I'm strict, strict. Mm -hmm. And I plan my day and my time and my energy around my morning practice because Morning practice is where it's at. And if you look at anybody who's in any position of power on the planet, you, they, have, they have a morning practice mm -hmm. of something. Wow. So you wake up at 3, 3 to 4 a.m. every day. What time do you go to sleep? Mm. Well, since I'm not partaking in, in certain avoidance <laughs> behavior activities. <laughs> yes. Woo! <laughs> I go to sleep and I co-sleep with my daughter. So every night's like a slumber party. Mm -hmm. um, we're in bed. We go to sleep maybe around 10. Nothing quick, okay. nothing wild. I mean, after 10, I'm pretty much, it's like, it's, it's a done deal. Like I might be awake, but uh, so we're at around 10 and then, you know, I'll wake up and do my chanting. And then, you know, uh, actually, you know, if you wake up and you have a practice at that hour, whatever that is, and then you go back to sleep. That's a prime time for anyone who's interested in lucid dreaming or prophetic dreaming. Um, that's prime time for you to kind of receive some information and be able to kind of, um, uh, let's call it travel, so to speak. Is there a certain amount of going back to sleep for that time? Mm -hmm. Like, is it like a 20 minute kind of thing and that's a good amount or... <laughs> It's, I would, you know. you know, I would leave it up to you. There is a, a theory that during those um, sunrise hours, your subconscious is more vulnerable to, we'll call it bullshit. Mm -hmm. So typically people will have really either beautiful dreams or gnarly dreams. So mm -hmm. I, you know, I would, to each their own, like come up with your own recipe. Um, when I, when I'm doing like the long haul and putting like my two and a half hours of chanting mantra in and then taking like maybe like a 30 minute nap afterwards. Whoa. It's like, I'm like, you know, the librarian at the fucking Akashic records and shit. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, you know, so it's like, you know, come up with your own recipe, but yeah, those twilight hours, those early morning hours, it's like, and you can research history. Those hours have been used for, you know, uh, manifestation, reality manipulation practices since the beginning of time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that reminder. Um, 
Then we're going to move on to the third question because my husband's been waking up at 3, 4 a.m. forever and all uh -huh. the time that we've been together, which is like 30 some years. And I've always been the snooze presser. So, um, yes, <laughs> you are, it's, he's on the right track. He's so on the right he's track. Been, he just slap he's a, been slap on the right track for a long time. Right? It's like he wakes up. That's what he does. Do Good. That's what he, does. Oh, he goes down so and he, cool. yeah, he goes down and does all that. And I've always poo-pooed it because, you know, the people closest to you, you're like, yeah, whatever. But what you do they know? From somebody else. <laughs> you need to hear it. It's only been what do they know? <laughs> so <laughs> here we go. So the third and final question to wrap everything up. And again, I want to recognize everybody that's here. Thank you for being here. Any questions or comments as we round this up, just please put them in the chat box. Um, so putting a nice little bow on it, Brandy, why do you think creativity is important? Creativity is life. It is vital just as breath is vital. You are here to make a contribution into your own individual's soul's evolution and in the collective soul frequency. If you are not participating in something that ignites your sacral chakra, your creative life force portal in men or women or whoever, whatever you're identifying as, you're doing yourself a disservice. So step up, <laughs> step up now. Mm. So your next life isn't more challenging because that shit's real. So step mm -hmm. up. And again, like what you were saying, it's like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Created, mm -hmm. creativity is the essence of life. It is everything. And when you're shut off to it, you're living a half life. Oh, there we go. Yes, 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 yes. Is. You're living a half life. This is why I am so passionate about this, everybody. This is why I have up to three podcasts a week. I have a show called I Am Creative. I have all these other things, a publishing house. I need, I am on a mission to share this, to have these conversations, to meet amazing souls like you so we can have these conversations to wake people up and not live half lives, live full lives. Yes. That's why humanity to fucking depends on it. It's, it, it's, it's everything. It's everything. It's everything. So it's everything. Brandy, can you, can you tell everybody how they can connect with you, please? Yes, ma'am. All right. So you can check out my website. It's innercalling.com spelled I N N E R C A U L L I N G.com. And I'm most active on Instagram. Same thing. It's at intercalling. I-N-N-E-R-C-A-U-L-L-I-N-G. You can call me. My phone number is available. Shoot me a message. I would love to connect, especially if you hear this and you're like, oh, okay, I smell what she's stepping in. I want some of that. I'm here for you. <laughs> I smell it. Oh my gosh, Brandy, thank you so much for hanging out for this hour, having this deep, fun, everything conversation. I really, really oh, appreciate you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much fun and everybody that's here with us live thank you so much those catching the replay this space is all about all about sharing stories connecting and empower like empowering each other that's what this is all about so please like follow share 
So I believe we've always needed this, but I think we need it now more than ever, ever, ever. Mm. So on that note, wherever you are in this world, we wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, and more podcasts are coming at you very soon. And um, we thank you. So we'll talk to you soon, everybody. Bye. Bye. Feeling inspired? Let's just get rid of this, throw away this whole perfectionism thing, this whole concept that we have to know how to do everything. You know what? You don't. <laughs> Let's just do things and try things and realize what we like and what we don't like. It's all part of the process. The self-awareness feels so good. You feel more connection to yourself, connection to others, and huh? be a happier, more joyful person. Just imagine that. So you are where you are in the process. So you can dip your toe in the water to try new things at a slower pace, or you can dive right in. Here at I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, we meet you where you are. So there are so many ways to check us out. Explore our experiential kits. They have everything in them that you need to try new things. You don't have to buy anything else but this kit and just explore. There's Creative Shui, which is seven elements to join happiness. Through the Publishing House, Express Yourself Publishing, multi-author books, coffee books, solo book opportunities. It is all about expression, all about it. And it's, again, just trying these things and realizing what you're good at. Don't all of a sudden think that you only fit into one box because we don't. We are not made for boxes. <laughs> there is also my TV show, I Am Creative check it out. The links are all in the body of this podcast. You can just click the link and you know what? Don't say, oh, maybe I'll check it out tomorrow. Life's too short. Just click it. See what it's about. There is honestly no judgment. It's all about exploring the possibilities, expressing yourself and expanding your thinking. I will give you the website, which is IamCreativePhilly.com. So I am creative Philly, P-H-I-L-L-Y dot com. And just remember that you are an expressive being, so own it. I am looking forward to hearing your story because we all have one.